Хей, Том! Привет, Стив! Ребята, я надеюсь, у вас получится отличное шоу. Вы же всегда заставляете меня смеяться. Welcome everybody to Masters of Authentication. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Piles. And uh, this is this is us. I don't want to say what we're doing today because I want a segue. You want a segue? I want so a segue. This is us large and in charge. As like large marge. large marge. Tell them large marge. Tell them large marge sent you. That's that right. was a great movie. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Not seen since it was popular. So, so you I remember that scene? Yeah, no. Uh I think it's like avoided all the streaming services. I think it was on Netflix for a little while, but uh, it was one of those. I, that... I should say right here, right now, we should not even say what movie we're talking about. So if you're a real fan, <laughs> you know what we're talking about. If you don't know what Tell Em Large Marge sent you, <laughs> if you don't know what movie that came from, shame. Large Marge has been dead for some time. I can't remember. And then lightning crashes. Uh Large, t- what's another good line from that movie that we could? Uh, I'm gonna start a paper route right now. <laughs> My dad said I could have anything, and I want your bike. <laughs> uh, Danny Elfman did the music. Nice. The um, girl that was his love interest sang the song "Better Off Dead" from "Better Off Dead." I didn't know that. That's yeah. That's yeah, a new yeah. one on me. She appeared on like The Voice or something recently. That's why I knew that. I saw like a clip of her. It's weird. Uh the so, opening yeah. sequence of the movie includes an intricate Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, right, right. And the first time I heard the stars at night are big and bright was in that movie. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was actually, uh, I did when I figured out what Pinterest was. Do you know what Pinterest is? Yeah, I know of it. I've never partaken. Partaken. Well, that's a word. Partaken. Partaken. Partook. The cake was delicious and I partook. The alpha later. <laughs> Uh, anyway, on uh, Pinterest, I created all these pages of things that I like and things that I enjoy. Because that's essentially what Pinterest is, is it's a place yeah. for you to go and like like a bulletin board for people to go and look at of, th- of you know, just shit you like. Just touch yourself wishing. Recipes, crafts kind of dominate it. But I used it to show like my interest, as one does on social media. You would pin your interest. <gasps> oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> See, wow, somebody. I'm not really that dense. I did get that reference. Well, I, I I feel like I should explain myself. Anyway, bad pun guy. I made a uh, a bucket list of things that I wanted to do before I die, which is what a bucket list is. I, I don't know where else anybody would go to find my bucket list, but if you find me on Pinterest, you can see my bucket list. And on that bucket list, to bring it back around, is I want to... What did I say? I can't remember now exactly what it is, but I wanted to propose to somebody in the head of a Tyrannosaurus Rex right before I moved to Paris. <laughs> Wait. Maybe it was I was I wanted to declare my love for, for somebody in the head of a Tyrannosaurus Rex before I moved to Paris. If that's not a convoluted hint, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Right. Okay, well, I guess I could say right here, right now, my bucket list includes impressing a bunch of hard-bitten bikers by dancing on a bar and pointing to my crotch. <laughs> this is yeah. a kid's movie we're talking about, too. This is the messed up part of it. Yeah. What else? Uh, for for reals, what's on your bucket list? Oh, geez. I have, I, I've never sat down and made a bucket list. I don't know what that says well, about me, but... Off the top of your head, what what kind of stuff do you I want? I would love to go to Tokyo because I feel like going to Tokyo would be like visiting another planet. I know it, 
in that respect, I'd be disappointed because I'm sure it's everybody there is just like a normal person. You get up, you go to work. But between robots and panty vending machines, it mm-hmm. feels like I would be going to a completely alien universe. Yeah. And that would be awesome. In Tokyo, like not just Japan, but you not just Japan Tokyo. in general, Tokyo in particular. Yeah. I, I would love to go to Tokyo. Actually, uh, the wife wants to do a world tour marathon, yeah. you know, do, do London and. Uh, I think Berlin is on that list. Lin- London, Berlin, Tokyo, L.A., New York, Boston. I, I, there's like a big seven marathons, and Tokyo is one of the big ones. Chicago. Chicago's another one. So in the U.S., it's Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, New York, Boston, and L.A., and then there's Tokyo, London, Berlin. and So wait, have you guys never been to Chicago, or you just like it so you want to go back, or...? No, Chicago is one of the big marathons. There's there's like... Um, like oh, gotcha, uh, I gotcha. Never mind. When you said marathon, I was thinking personally. Like, I'm going to do a marathon of touring. Never mind. <laughs> that, an actual literal marathon. I got you now. I'm yes, she, she runs right. marathons. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I eat pizza. There you go. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Tokyo is one of the ones that you... But I also think that we'd probably have to sell our house and all our possessions in order to go to Tokyo. I, I yeah. For whatever reason, it seems to me that it would be expensive to go to That's Tokyo. That's what I keep thinking of, is traveling is for people with money, and at least more money than I have. Like, I have relatives that go all over the place, and they go to some weird, like, Mongolia, and where they go, Sri Lanka, or something like that. Like, strange places that aren't what you would think of as being... You know, I, I want to go see this. You know, I want to see Paris. I want to see London. I want to see Tokyo or whatever. Sydney, something like that. Not Mongolia. <laughs> I have I have a theory about that kind of stuff. Like if if you're in a profession that uh, like is dangerous to a certain degree, like if you work in a fireworks warehouse, you have to go to work every day thinking, well, this is how I die. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You have to. Oh my understand. God. The first time you see somebody go out for a smoke break and you know they're actually smoking, I would stalk them and just quietly snap their neck because I'm like, you're not, motherfucker, you're not taking me out with your stupid. Right. But I mean, if you, <laughs> like, if you, if you work, if you're a firefighter, I'm kind of a sociopath. You, Sorry. I just came to that realization about myself. You know, I, I would talk to a coworker. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, that your coworker that smokes in a firework, you know, that that's like. That's true. That's but I mean, like firefighters, you have to understand, like, okay, well, I'm going to die in a fire, or I'm going to, I am going to die somewhere performing my duties just because it's that dangerous. Or if you're like a crabber, or, but anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, if you travel to weird fucking places, you have to just that has to be a thought in your mind. Like you have to have your shit in order because, well, I'm going to die in one of these. I'm going to go to the Middle East and probably be beheaded, or I'm going to go oh, yeah. to some some weird place that has a disease that i'm not inoculated against and that's how i'm gonna die i'm gonna eat some blowfish or something somewhere and get poisoned or i'm gonna get bit poison tasty fish (laughs) is that a simpsons reference on the simpsons shocker weird well yeah my uncle was uh in egypt with a friend of his just before that whole arab spring oh yeah uprising thing where they yeah like they had to go through the state department to get back and all kinds of weird crap yeah, like if you if you go to North Korea, I'm I'm not knocking this kid that went to North Korea and went in a coma and died. Like I I feel bad for him, but if you do something like that, you have to think in the back of your mind. Well, this is how I'm going to die. Was he? I I only heard some about that, but he went in there. And he tore down a propaganda poster. What What did you think was going to happen? 
Like, well, no, I mean, not the American. You go back. We don't you, like that. Pro- oh, that's their version of the story. I mean, I figure you go to North Korea and you're pretty much like yeah. at their mercy of, you know, we have a law in North Korea against stepping off a curb, you know, after 3 p.m. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, oh, yes, you looked at me funny. Welcome to yeah. the gulag. And then all of a sudden they're going to, you know, write to the State Department and be like, uh, yeah, he was actually murdering people. Uh, Who's going to say no? Yeah. Right, right. It's your, so when they said that he tore down, like, propag- he, I don't know, I don't know, some religious something. He was somewhere and he he tore down a banner that had some religious significance or whatever. I don't know. And all of a sudden they put him in a prison for, you know. Making big rocks into little rocks, hard labor. <laughs> I no I, right. I'd probably go into a coma too, just to be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Fuck this. I am not going to swing another sledgehammer. I don't give a fuck. I'm. You go ahead. Do it. Do you do your worst. So here's a segue for you. I'm going to take everything we just got done talking about and wrap it together in a little bow. Okay. So you just got done mentioning how whatever career you're in, you kind of start to think about this is the way I'm going to die. Right? Yeah. Sort sort of. Yeah. Fireman's going to die in a fire. You know, maybe for you and me, we're going to think, you know, a goddamn inmate's going to snap on us and start shiving the crap out of us. Something like that. Yep. So if you're a porn star, thinking, <laughs> did you see the- Exactly. <laughs> and Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. What Steve is talking about is there is a, uh, a female, a Japanese female porn star that died by uh, drowning. And she- a certain distinctive type of drowning. Let's just say she drowned in body fluids. <laughs> oh, that is awful. But uh, as soon as you said, you know, fireman's going to die in a fire, I, my mind, you know, we're talking about Tokyo, my mind immediately went there. There was just, I just, <laughs> there was no two ways it was going to happen. Oh, poor girl. But yeah, so tying it all together, seeing things and connections oh. that may not necessarily exist until you start dwelling on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind, of what we're, kind of, it's a way to describe what we're going to be talking about this week, right? Yes, we're going to talk about fan theories in regards to uh, pop culture. Yes. Movies, television, etc. And then there's probably fan theories. I did not personally delve into this, but I know there's fan theories about, you know, literature, stuff like that, too. Well, a fun little exercise that we talked that we both did before this episode uh, is we decided that we were going to manufacture our own fan theories okay let's let's tell the audience what a fan theory is. okay well for me i feel like there's two different types of fan, fan theory there's the, <laughs> it's the crazy bullshit fan theories <laughs> no go ahead there's a no you're just wrong and stupid no um well there's fan theories of like stuff that's not out yet so the example i kind of rolled across was when the suicide squad was coming out and they showed the crunk joker yeah with teeth and the hair and the tattoos and all that crazy crap some fan theories out there was what this was supposed to be jason todd who was the second robin gone insane yep like he goes nuts becomes joker that's a fan theory and there's lots of that stuff um fan theories for movies and stuff like that hasn't come out yet right well so, game okay, of thrones what does this mean yeah game of thrones is is terrible for this because uh before an episode well there are a lot of things that could be just like in Westworld or any of those types of shows. Exactly. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, there's a lot of things that could be. So these people go on the internet and they, you know, they they chat about what their theory of what could happen or what might be that type of fan theory, right? Right. And that, that I was just going to mention that the Westworld theory, which if you haven't seen it yet, once again, I don't. There's no hope for you. So 
Go kill no, yourself. just stop what you're doing. Just stop. Just hit pause on what? the podcast and go go binge watch. That's a show that you can binge watch. Well, at this point, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> well, no, I I mean, you could still watch one episode every other day or something like that. I think just I, I think that there are certain shows, certain types of shows that you can't binge. Watch. I'll give you an example: is uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which is a hilarious show. But if but you watch they, it back to back. They use the same jokes over and over and over, just different ways. And if you watch the shows over and over and over, you start picking up on those types of things, and it's not as funny. So Interesting, because the character from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, side character, was what I was going to mention in Westworld, which was the William character. Yeah. Ah, see, it all comes together again. There's, mm-hmm. We're all connected. Uh, yeah. But yeah, in Westworld, the uh, character of William, spoilers, whatever. I'm sorry, but you should know by now. Oh, no, they've... Gonna... They've already hit pause, watched it. Now they're back. Spoiled no, so yes. the shit out of it. So William was a white hat, uh, innocent guy in the beginning. As you're watching the show, people started coming out with these fan theories saying he is the man in black who is the psycho, you know, rapey, killy, you know, hedonist guy that's walking around doing all the things that, you know, somebody with ultimate power would do in that situation. Like as time, we've seen two different timelines. We're seeing the past. We're seeing the present. Past is William. He becomes a man in black in the present. That was a fan theory that hit. It was making its rounds on the interwebs before the series was done with. So this is a fan theory that is predicting an outcome. That's the first type of fan theory. I think the second type of fan theory is finding things that probably aren't true, maybe true, but don't have to be true about something that's already finished. Right. A common a common link between two different television shows or in and this kind of goes into a little bit of what we talked about before with the uh, expanded universe yeah well not even a common link between two different ones just something which is that is a huge one but something within the narrative that wasn't explicitly stated but you can say based on this item this item this item like just throw away one because it doesn't mean much to me is that the mom and toy story which i only ever saw the second and third one i never actually saw the first toy story which is weird i know that is bizarre but the mom, as a little girl, was the original owner of the cowgirl Jesse toy. Mm-hmm. It's a fan theory. It's not, you know, it's not linking two different things together. It's just within the same thing. It's not explicitly stated, but it, it sort of maybe enhances, for some people, it enhances their enjoyment of it. Like, oh, that, it's a backstory that's never fleshed out, but I can imagine what the implications were. Ah. Right. And it's, again, a theory, and some of these fan theories do get uh, legitimized a little bit. Right. By the There's creator. There's that. Yeah, they say, oh, this is true. An example being? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I came across this one. And I, I have my doubts because as much as I admire this author, uh, J.K. Rowling, I don't know how to put this delicately, so I'm just going to say it, is a whore for her own creation. <laughs> no, I, I think that pretty much everybody would agree with you. She's After the, after the series is over and done with, she, she'll still come out with this tidbit and that tidbit. And uh, one of the fan theories, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, is the whole Deathly Hallows thing. Stories like three wizard brothers, blah, blah, blah. They find these things, death stalks them, and shit happens. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But the, the fan theory was that the three brothers represent three characters in the show, Voldemort, Snape, and Harry Potter. And that death, the death character is Dumbledore. Because the first two, you know, one of them wants power, that's Voldemort. One of them wants uh, lost love to come back, and that's Snape. And one of them is smart enough to outfox the whole thing. And then when he finally dies, he greets death as an old friend. So death is Dumbledore. And somebody came up with this and JK Rowling came back with a 
tweet or something like that and said, yes, that's the way it is. I don't know if she meant it to be. Yeah, I'm totally. That's what I planned all along. But I, to me, it came off as, uh, yeah, <laughs> totally yeah. meant that. Wow. Oh, you figured you it out. Finally. Oh, you win the prize. Right. Which happens. There's a story I read a while ago. I, a video game creator of, I want to say it was one of the Call of Duty video games. He's, he did an interview. He's talking about these fans that are obsessive about all the little details and symbolism. Mm-hmm. He said, fans have come up to me and said, I love how you incorporated X, Y, and Z theme into this subtly and just, you know, let it unfold over time. And he, and he sat there. I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you caught that. And he said that. He's like, I just kind of went with him. But yeah, you caught that, did you? Well, I didn't know if everybody would get a, you don't see that and they're like yeah i know i have to it's like i had no idea what they're talking about i didn't write that i didn't mean that i didn't write that yeah and i think that that is as a fan we get obsessive about the things that we like and it only takes one little kernel of possibility for you to connect something and for this exercise it wasn't as easy for me as i thought it would be to try and connect something that yeah. i liked and um i actually uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about it now if you want to, but um, so the the fan theories that we we kind of told our how do I want to say it we gave ourselves an assignment to create a fan theory, and the way I approached it was I was going to look at a bunch of things and just try and create a couple degrees of separation and maybe focus on something that made more sense and then check it against the internet to see if it's something that other people have looked at. Cause I wanted it to be organic. I didn't want it to be right. You know, something that was so glaringly obvious because the internet has all the information in the world on it that, you know, somebody else had come before me and thought of this. So uh, basically I, I tried to connect a couple of things that I enjoyed and um, I I was able to, to some degree, but it takes so much imagination and very little uh, evidence that, <laughs> Uh, you know, full disclosure, yeah. I guarantee I could go to Reddit and put this theory up there and let people run with it and then argue it to the death. And I would have people believe me. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I would, you would, you'd be I dividing would, lines. You make, yeah, a, I would, I would absolutely people. get some people to agree with me, but then I would also have people that would not <laughs> and probably shoot me down in a million different ways. But, um, I'll talk about mine later. I wanted to hear about your experience about trying to come up with a fan theory. Well, I don't want to, I think we should save both our actual theories for later. Okay. But I do want to say that my, the best way I can describe it was like, once I opened myself up to the idea, the internet provided type of thing, like it wasn't a fan theory. I don't mind. I went with not something I loved. It actually was something I hated, (laughs) but it just popped into my head and I ran with it. And I just let, I just started like, making connections where there were no connections <laughs> and i'm not sitting there, I'm, I'm building it up to be something amazing that's not but something in the midst of my trying to force these connections something popped in there that i would never even in a million years have found otherwise if unless i was looking for this that it just tied different aspects together and it was kind of amazing to me the way it works so it's like if you seek it the internet will provide it type of thing oh okay but so this is why I feel like this is why internet fan theories are just huge is because it's out there. Like if you want it to be true, you'll find some way to shoehorn something in there to make it true, to make it at least moderately cohesive. Right. Well, I will say that my fan theory that I came up with has one little teeny, like I said, a little kernel of something that could push it in a direction. Like, I feel like, like yours is way better than mine. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll save them. We'll, we'll save get them. to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. So just hit me. What are some of your favorite fan theories? Like maybe like ones you've known for a while or 
came across recently. Well, some of them, like one of my biggest fan theories, is shares a the the shared universe one with uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies, and yeah. and we've talked about that. But that's totally completely a fan theory. That's not anything, but it encompasses so many movies, so many different stories that somebody would have had to have sat there and gone through and you know ticked off the boxes of well this this connects to this one and this connects to this one and this connects to this one so they must all exist so then you have all those types of things that have to exist and then you have to even go further and you know look at all the things that could disqualify it because you're not just looking for as a fan wanting to connect them you're not just looking for things that do connect you're looking for things that would disqualify best way to put it so yeah the quentin tarantino one um that's a good fan theory um oh what's another one i just want to say i feel like maybe the earliest people doing these fan theories which i don't know maybe they've been fan theories as long as there's been anything with a popular media but maybe they were actually were trying to uncover a real truth like they genuinely thought they were finding a connection that the creator meant to be there but kept hidden so like the quentin tarantino stuff has like the shared universe some characters are definitely related to each other we talked about that last week yeah, maybe fan theories in that regard were like archaeologists trying to uncover something that has been hidden type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then from there it evolved to what crazy idea can I shoehorn in here? <laughs> yeah, what's one of yours? Well, okay, um, I have the complex one that I want to get into, which we both like. You've introduced me to this more than anything else, which was the whole shining. Yep. I mean, there's it's rife with it. But I'll just as a as a really quick one, I, I ran across across this one today, which I feel like I might have heard before. But I'd forgotten, which is um, uh, Breaking Bad. Walter White is the grown-up Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yes, I kind of like that one because the family was never given a last name in Malcolm in the Middle. Like there's one scene, one time where Bill the brother Francis has a name tag, but later on he has a name tag that says no last name. Like it was kind of like if they didn't mean it to be this way. By the end, it was this way. They just never gave the family a last name. So, and then I guess Malcolm had a grandfather named Walter. Who really believed in him? Which you know, Brian Cranston played Malcolm's father, so you can say he grew up to look like his father, right? And he was a genius, but he was also always angsty and you know, like kind of surly. And he, you could see Malcolm becoming Walter White. You know, this guy, like I was never given my due. I was always should have been better than I was. I'm going to show everybody with my how smart I actually am. Yeah, like it just. I kind of like that. I like the idea of that. Even though the timelines don't work, it it still kind of fits. Isn't there another fan theory about uh, Breaking Bad being the prequel oh, to The Walking Dead? Walking Dead, yeah, like Walter White's blue meth. Yeah, like somebody actually went so far as to cut together scenes from the two shows to make it look like the blue meth is causing an outbreak of zombies. <laughs> well, I, I think that The Walking Dead. Before I stopped watching it, <clears throat> uh, I think that they picked up on the fan theory and actually included a bag of the blue meth. Oh, that like, sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I want to say that uh, Daryl goes on one of his raids where he's trying to get pills and you know medication and food and stuff, and he brings back a backpack full of stuff, and one of the things that he pulls out is a, a baggie full of that blue <laughs> Which is more of an Easter egg than anything. Just the you know, AMC's tying his two most popular shows together type of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so that one I liked it made me chuckle. I I just I want there's a couple I found that I I thought were kind of interesting. Like uh, in Titanic, Jack is a time traveler. <laughs> I yeah, he's from the future, right? He's from the future because a few things, a few plot points, a few things he says don't and historically were wrong. So, in which, honestly, you chalk it up to bad writing. But there's a uh, what does it say here? 
he talks about ice fishing in a lake that was only built five years after the Titanic went down. Oh, on a roller coaster that was only built four years afterwards. And then he's he's wearing a rucksack that was not in fashion. His hair was not the same fashion at that time. And well, the whole idea is that he stopped her from killing herself because if she had jumped, the ship would have you know had to stop or move around or you know try to find her at least delay itself to try to rescue her, and that would have changed the timeline. <gasps> Okay, I just came up with a good fan theory. The James Cameron fan theory. Rose's real name was Sarah Connor. Oh! Skynet. <laughs> Skynet. Jack is a Terminator. Yeah. Well, no, Jack was <laughs> time to save no, no, her. I guess Jack was to be Reese. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jack is the Reese, and Skynet does something with global warming, so the iceberg is in that place at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> takes down the Titanic. And Jack saves her. Fan theory. That's my James Cameron Titanic Terminator. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. And the old woman dropping the pendant at the bottom wasn't just being a bitch. It was actually like a tracer or something like that. She (laughs) just figured out at the end. It's a tracker. That's like, oh, this is how he found me. Boop. Tracking device. Plus Bill Paxton was in it. So I know. Oh man. That and you know what? Guaranteed I could put that on Reddit and people would just take it and run with it. Yeah. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna start that tonight. My fan theory. So Terminator was the iceberg and Jack was Reese. I like it. Yep. <laughs> um, oh. uh, there was that. There was, uh, let's see, I kind of came across <laughs> Aladdin has to be set in the future just because of a throwaway line, a post-apocalyptic yeah, future. Yeah, just because of that one line. There's one line where the genie says Aladdin's closer. So third century, but he's been in his land for 10,000 years. So the only way that works if it was 10,300 AD. <laughs> Hmm. So the flying carpet and the genie itself are all just high technology, not magic. Future. And then there's one I came across that says the friends are all crazy and they're living out their lives, their uh, idealized lives in like an insane asylum. Yeah. But I hate, that's the fan theories I don't like is blah, 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 blah is actually crazy. And this is all in their head. Oh, yeah. Those are. Bueller's, yeah. Yeah. That seems. Bueller's a figment of his imagination. It's Um, too lazy uh, to me. Speaking of friends, there's another friends fan theory that Phoebe was a bitch. Or yeah, that's my theory. Is that your theory? Is that the one that you just came if up you, with? Or did you, we talk you, about it? If you look back on the episode we talked about with the um, what I call the Joey Limbeck syndrome, yes, where everybody came the worst examples of the personality. I said Phoebe became a raging bitch. Yeah, and she hated Chandler. You watch it throughout the entire series. She hates Chandler. Bing, bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Chandler's the best character. He was. I like Chandler. I always like. I identify with Chandler. Phoebe didn't like Chandler, so I don't like Phoebe. And I was yeah. way too invested with friends for a long, long time. <laughs> Speaking of Disney movies, Aladdin, uh, Disney movies are ripe for fan theories. Well, let me ask you, do you know about the Frozen fan, fan theory? Is that the one where uh, the it's a shared universe between Tarzan and uh, the Little Mermaid? And Oh, I never heard of the Little Mermaid, but yeah, Frozen and Tarzan. Yeah. Which, weirdly... This is one where it's kind of a J.K. Rowling thing where the creator kind of is like, oh, yeah, totally. They're, they're connected. Like, he came out afterwards after the fan theory was making the rounds. Yeah. Elsa it, and Anna's parents go down in the ship, but they don't die. They pop out little Tarzan in the jungle. Uh-huh. See, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect some dots for you. Okay. So uh, Elsa and Anna, Anna's parents are on their way to Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding. Oh. So because... And this is this is fact. Rapunzel and Flynn appear for a brief second at Elsa's coronation. Oh yeah, so I never actually saw Rapunzel's. Yeah, she's she's actually 
Sheen Flynn can be seen at the coronation, which would lead you to believe that they were there to support the child of an invited guest to their wedding. Were they aged? Because they would have to be a lot older at the Elsa's coronation, um, right? They were, uh, they were aged. They were not, like, technically aged. And Rapunzel shows up with her cut hair. But that mm-hmm. happens after the, you know, obviously. Um, and she's, there, there's actually a, a short, a little tidbit of a short that is uh the wed- the actual wedding and it's all fun and games but um it it kind of all fits and you don't see rapunzel you don't see her enough to say oh she's older or oh she's the same age it's like this is definitely rapunzel with the cut hair wearing the same dress or same clothes or whatever anyway plus she's magic so, maybe she doesn't age it works <laughs> well that, that's true but they've net since come out with a tv series where she gets her hair back okay whatever. Uh, anyway, so Elsa and Anna's mother on the way to Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding, it, the boat goes down and the boat is the same boat as the one that's in the bottom of the ocean for the little mermaid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, I thought you could say the little mermaid took the boat down. Like Ariel's <laughs> actually a, that's a way better monster. theory. Yeah. I want to be part of your world, but you're going to be part of my world. <laughs> Rah! <laughs> Mermaid power. Yeah, uh, she steered the captain wrong. She took the she- the seashells off and flashed them. She's like a siren, basically. She she oh my god, that works. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a siren. She's not just a mermaid. She lured the ship to She's death. A murderous so she mermaid. Could sing to her crab and have trinkets. Mm-hmm. Crazy psycho. Well, she was combing her hair with a fork. Yeah. yeah. Or Dinglehopper, whatever, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it ties those four movies together. That. Frozen, Tarzan, because of course they survive the shipwreck and then they go on to create Tarzan. That's my then, official fan theory. That was Ariel user Siren Wiles yep. to, to sink that ship. Yep. Yeah. So again, that's a fan theory. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect example of seeing things after the fact and then making your own. Right. Coming up with your own bullshit. Like, this is your universe, but I'm going to make it my universe. Yeah, there's a little bit of ownership there. Um, so, fan theories. Well, right now, in this in this day and age, especially, there's one genre that's hitting fan theories fast and furious, like a new one every week for a while. You know what I'm talking about, right? Sci-fi. Or... Well, I guess you're right. Okay, I shouldn't have said genre. I should have said franchise. The Marvel franchise? Nah. What are we talking about? Cousins. The Star Wars franchise. Oh, yeah. That That has so many fan theories you can't even get into. But I just want to ask you, if, if anything comes to your mind, what's your favorite Star Wars fan theory? Favorite? Well, that hasn't been answered, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, I guess. Either way, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure as we talk about it, I'll come up with a favorite. But I know one of them right off the bat, and that is Flynn is... Or Finn. His name's not Finn. Flynn. It's Finn. Finn, yeah. His father is Lando Calrissian. Which is... Almost slightly racist. Like the only other black guy in the entire franchise is going to have to be the father of the, well, I mean, the new black guy. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily racist. It's practical. I, I mean. guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Lucas is racist. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Well, I mean, um, yeah, Which, I, that's and that was one of the things that a rumor started online that was like wildfire that they accidentally sold a puzzle on Amazon and some people have pictures of it, so who knows? But th- it explained on the back that you like flip the puzzle over, and it explained what is on the puzzle. And one of them is Finn 
and it describes him being the son of Lando Calrissian. And yeah, apparently, yeah. And I don't know how much Photoshop was involved or, and I don't know how much like really good pranking was involved. It seems to me that if that were a true fan theory, it would have been like, like wildfire through the star Wars community and irrefutable with pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, there's, there's fan theories that like uh, the whole snow guy is actually Mace Windu. Oh my God. Yes, that is. That's actually, that's a fan theory that is like almost on a daily basis. When yeah. I'm talking to Star Wars fans, you're like, oh, yeah, who yeah. is Snoke? Who is Who's he? Snoke? Yeah. So my favorite one, it's kind of related to that. It's just, it makes me laugh every time because I, I almost think this is true because this is George Lucas in his later years was just baddie. Is that Jar Jar Binks was meant to be Darth, uh, Darth Plagueis all along. Right. And that actually has some legs. There's yeah, there's a little bit of evidence of that because yeah, when you first look at it, Jar Jar is clouding, like, or you could say Jar Jar is clouding Qui Gon's senses. Mm-hmm. When he's when he's doing his stupid slapstick fight against the droids, he's winning inexplicably. He doesn't get shot. Like he's jumping around with a blaster attached to his leg, and he's actually taking out droids left and right. Like he's just goofy. Like like this would be like the goofiest thing you would so the last person you would ever imagine being the actual puppet master dark lord but the backlash against jar jar was so huge after the first movie yeah. that lucas abandoned the idea yeah well he thought okay i'm gonna actually get lynched if i go through with this if you yeah and he hates the internet and he hates fans <laughs> fan theories because of that <laughs> and has said has said as much i mean direct quotes from him saying i hate the internet and some of the fans need to get a life yeah. but um if you listen to some interviews, Ahmad Best did a bunch of interviews. He's the guy that does the he did the voice and the uh, all the the acting for yeah. Jar Jar, like the blue screen stuff, green screen. And um, he he did a an interview one time where he's like, I can't really talk about it, but uh, one day Jar Jar will be vindicated, and all these people mm-hmm. that put hate on Jar Jar will will understand. And he says, I, I only hope I'm alive to know that day, but a day will come where people will know the truth about Jar Jar. So, I mean, maybe that triggered some things for people to go digging, but you can watch, if you watch the movie, there are scenes where it looks like he is off to the side and he's doing that Jedi mind trick kind of thing. When people yeah, are speaking, right, he's right. kind of, he's mouthing what they're saying and stuff like that. And there's also a YouTube clip that shows, you know, his, um, you know how you say he's, He's tripping over himself and he's winning inexplicably. Like he's right. he's the clumsiest person in a fight, but he still wins. There's a side by side video of Jar Jar's fight scenes where he's winning and uh, martial an actual martial arts style. I don't want to say drunken. drunken. Yeah, though yeah, that what I saw is like drunken boxing style type. Yeah, thing. there's a there's a style of martial arts where and they they. You can look it up on YouTube, and maybe we should add the link or whatever, but um, you can see it's very close, almost like they used this video as an example of mm. how to how to fight like that and still win. It's that close. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, there's, there is evidence. There's, enough, there's just enough there where the glove might fit. I honestly, I, I think that considering that the, all three prequels are bad enough that you couldn't have done much worse with them, Lucas should have, if that was the case, Lucas should have stuck to his guns and just said, no, fuck you. You just wait. Yeah. Jar Jar is the ultimate bad guy. Or maybe even just said, you wait and see what's going to happen. And then when it finally did, when it was revealed that Jar Jar was the, the big bad and, you know, 
pulls out a lights a red lightsaber and just starts slicing motherfuckers. Be like <laughs> people's minds would just be like, What yeah, am I watching? Oh my God. And it would have made sense too because that's what he was about was a twist. You know, Darth Vader's I am your father. That would have been the prequels moment. Jar Jar's right. I am the master. Just imagine how redeeming I am the <laughs> you are Leroy. <laughs> I got the glow. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that would have redeemed a lot for me if there was that twist. I, that would have been. It would have at least been clever, and I would have appreciated that. Right, as opposed to uh, Hayden Christensen's acting. Yes, which was the opposite of clever. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um. God, what are some other theories now? Biggest hope, and I know this is gonna come back to bite me in the ass one day. Is I have a catalog in my brain. This is a total tangent, but I have a catalog in my brain of all these different celebrities and little known appearances they had in different things. Mm-hmm. So if I ever meet them in real life, I can be like, instead of saying, you know, if I ever met Hayden Christensen, I would never say, oh my God, you freaking Anakin Solo. Hey man. I'd be like, aren't you the kid at the end of In the Mouth of Madness <laughs> on the bike? Uh, like I would just pick, because he is, I would just pick him out of like the most random thing that he, like nobody would ever remember him. Right. I would say, hey, you are great in life as a house. <laughs> But I'm pumped. Do you know what? Uh, did I ever tell you about uh, bumping into and not speaking to? Um, oh, God damn it, James Spader. E- something about your wife, right? The no, theater? well, nope. I was. Uh, I did that Fenway Park Spartan race, and rather oh no, than, you did, you did. Yeah, yeah, you said you didn't want to be like the guy. Rather, like- rather than take a cab back to the parking garage, I I ended up walking through um, Beacon Hill, and you know walking through Boston and I walked right by James Spader right at the height of uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, that had just, I didn't, didn't just come out. It came out the spring before. This was in November. And um, I walked right by him and kind of turned and looked and like, he kind of gave me the eyeball like, yeah, I know you recognize me. Keep walking. And he, <laughs> he but I mean, you know, I that was in my mind at the time. Like, oh god, this guy probably hates it when people approach him and be like, "Oh my god, you're James Spader." And um, so I, I just kept walking, and then I started looking up facts. Like, maybe it wasn't him, or like, how much of an idiot would I have felt like if I had been like, "Oh my god, you're James Spader," and he'd been like, "No, my name is Dave." You know, <laughs> Dave like a, Spader. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I ended up later on looking him up on IMDb and stuff like that, and. He he what he actually is from Boston and uh, loves his fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, and probably, uh, insists, you him on a podcast. Yeah, insists on people calling him Jimmy, and he's just oh, like yeah. such a down to earth guy and loves talking to his fans and stuff like that. I'm like, God damn it! I should have gone straight up to him, and been like, Oh my god, you were so good in Mannequin. <laughs> you should be like, Why did everybody in Stargate have to recock the goddamn rifle every time they walked around the corner? Oh my god, I watched um have you seen uh okay, the Oat Studio stuff. Do you know what that is? No. It, I posted one on our on our secret Facebook group. It's the one of uh Vietnam. It's called uh, Firebase. You obviously didn't watch it, but No, that there... doesn't sound familiar, but I'm trying to remember how it went. Well, it's the one where the river god um in Vietnam is th- this guy had his he's a villager and it's the US army shot his wife so he he found out he had special abilities and he starts like he can't huh. be kidding. he telepathic and telekinesis and all this shit anyway oh wow what the hell was i saying oh uh i it's this studio called Oat Studio and uh Neil Blomkoff if you don't know who he is look him up 
to the listeners, but he directed these shorts that are tied into a, a similar universe. And I was watching one of them called Raka, and it's about it's Gordy Weaver's in it actually, and it's a it's basically aliens come to Earth and take over, and there's a small resistance. But uh, this one guy, they they have this guy at gunpoint with a AR-15, and um, he like doesn't lunge at them, but he like jolts he like jerks or whatever and it scares the guys that have him at gunpoint and they include that sound in them having like a jump scare like i'm like ah motherfuckers ruined it god damn it i was into this yeah anyway anybody that anybody listening should go to youtube and just type in oats as in o-a-t-s oats studio and uh, watch firebase and raka they're they're actually really good and they're very indie, very low budget, but the effects are unbelievable. I, I do want to say before we keep going, uh, your uh, almost celebrity encounter is way better than my almost celebrity encounter. Oh, yeah, I was walking through the air, the, the Detroit airport, the Detroit Metro Airport. Yeah, and uh, or international, whatever you want to call it, the, the one airport. with the the one with the cool hallway that makes yeah, sound that when you walk through. Ass. Yeah, it's it like you're walking through like a water a tunnel of water. It's pretty cool. But I was walking through there one year. I want to say like maybe six seven years ago. And I am ninety nine percent sure I walked past Michael Moore. Oh, yeah, and that's it. That's the, that's my biggest celebrity. <laughs> there, was, there was the only other time he, that came close. What's that? Oh, what, did he rifle through your pockets to look for food? Is that how you know it was him? <laughs> I'm hungry. He looked at me, and I looked. I like I walked past him, and I kind of like I kind of looked. He's wearing the hat, all that shit, and I kind of looked up, and I kind of like kind of followed him. He kind of like glanced over at my his shoulder at me, and I was like, yeah, all right, it's Michael Moore. I know it is, and I just kept on walking. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. It was um. There was one. The other time I came kind of close was uh, when the Super Bowl was in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother, and my cousins, went to uh, a celebrity go kart. I think it was for charity or something like that. For some reason, they got tickets to this thing. We, the four of us, went, and uh, it was uh, it had like uh, Jamie Presley and Jessica Alba, and Jessica oh, Fox, God. yeah, uh, Dylan McDermott. Speaking of a catalog of celebrities in your head, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> so I can say I was within twenty feet of. You know, like Jessica Alba. It was kind of cool. So, you know, that was about the best I could do. <laughs> well, the guy that won it was, um, God, what's his name? Meredith Fergie. He's in those Transformer movies now. Timothy Oliphant. Is that him? No. No. It's the guy that looks like him. Sort of. It'll come to me. Anyways, he's the one that won it overall. Just so he's, you know. If he's if a were badass go-kart. That's God. right. I think the go-kart was Bumblebee in disguise. <gasps> it was more than meets the eye. Transformers fan theory. <laughs> so, yes, now that everybody knows I had a brush with greatness at one point. Yeah, Jessica Alba, she is great. Yeah, sure. Michael Moore, so, probably not so much. That's so great. Although, at the time, you probably could have turned around and been like, Bush did it! Now that it was an inside job! And he would have been like, you're my people. Yeah. Give me some swag. Probably sweaty trucker hat. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll trade you a cheeseburger for a t-shirt. <laughs> uh no, he would just punch me and take it the cheeseburger. Oh, well, he did a, one of his documentaries took place at the mall that was five minutes down the road from me. Yeah, he called it the Rich Guys Mall, and it was not a Rich Guys Mall. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, I don't think he's known for his fact. Yeah, no, um, no. we were talking about Star Wars fan theories. <laughs> yeah, we went off as we do. Went right so, off the rails before we. Uh, so I kind of because there's a lot of rich ground for this. Is the uh, like I mentioned before, The Shining. This might be my typical uh, tip top favorite fan theory not conspiracy theory which the shining is also known for yeah. but actual fan theory is for the is the shining so what do you think like before i say anything what do you think about 
some of the fan theories about the shining like what do you know about that well i only know i've i've watched the documentary i think it's room right. two thir- room 237 is that it or room 237 yeah. yeah yeah um so i i watched that and the like kubrick was such a weirdo yes. that it's 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 hard to draw the line between what was intended and what was just his style of filming like sometimes with kubrick i feel like it's kind of like uh, you throw enough shit against the wall, something's going to stick. Right. Well, I mean, there are certain things that you can't deny. And I say other can't deny other people have done the work for me. But one of the one of the things is that it was impossible for Danny Torrance to take the trip that he took on the big wheel through the halls. Somebody actually right. mapped it out on the map of the building and determined that that was an impossible route. Um, but that you can just chalk up to bad editing. Um, but it's mostly the conspiracy theory I find absolutely fascinating with yeah, the, the, the moon landing. Yeah. And th- if you watch this documentary, there are undeniable similarities, but certainly nothing so hardcore evidence that you could be like, that's exactly what was intended. So I, the, there's still, the theory, being, yeah, but as far as, like fan theories about like what was going on in the story behind the scenes with um you know who was who and who existed and whose imagination i don't know what direction you're going so well okay well i, I don't want i don't want to let people hang it if, if anybody doesn't know one of the biggest fan uh, conspiracy theories out there right now is that <laughs> you know how the moon landing was faked and it was stanley kubrick that uh faked it that filmed it yeah and stanley kubrick was his his uh his um admission confession. yeah confession yeah. He admitted to it through this film in a subversive way. Right. Which is just for anybody out there listening, the moon landing wasn't fake. I just read a little factoid that says something like for the moon landing to be fake, something like 300,000 people would have had to been in on it. So yeah, no, I'm sorry. The moon landing was not fake. JFK was killed by Oswald. 9-11 was not an inside job. You're all wrong. <laughs> I don't care how special you think you are because you, you know, you know, you know the truth. You're not, yeah. you're wrong. Get and- over it. And you can say from experience because you actually I was a nine eleven truther for a little you bit. You were a nine eleven truther, I do. When know I that. first saw that loose change documentary, I was like, Oh my god. Right. How do but, people not know this? Yeah, and that's one of those things that is a theory and somebody gets a hold of a kernel and then they steamroll it into you know, they they cherry pick details. Yeah, you to, get tunnel vision. You only see what you want to see. Right. And you you and that's what happens with the shining and just a couple of things that I can say off the top of my head about that, the shining is it's an undeniable similarity of the, the pattern of the carpet and Mm -hmm. the way it is filmed. uh, When Danny is sitting there playing with the, he's rolling a ball, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like you mean like the pattern, like it's open in one way, then the same shot, the patterns closed like the squares and stuff. Well, they're, I can't remember if they're octagons or diamond shaped. Yeah, anyway, right, right. There's, there's a pattern on the carpet that Danny's sitting on and it is shot from a way that if you watch a video of the pre pre game of the moon landing, like before the launch, it it's a shot. I, I hate to say shot for shot, but it's a, it's very, very similar. Like you can overlay the shots and the pattern is a direct mimic of the pattern of the launch pad from the moon landing. Plus from he's wearing the, that shirt that has the, like the rocket on it. Yep. The, the, the sweater, on. the sweater has a rocket being launched and the, the, uh, 
the carpet matches the land, the launch pad footprint. What I what I'll say is, in all seriousness, watch that documentary, the Room Two Thirty Seven. If nothing else, it's entertaining. It's it's it gets well, bad shit in parts, but it is it's thoroughly entertaining. And I will say, I don't know if you arrived at the same conclusion that I did, but by the end of that documentary, they're like legitimately debunking themselves. Like they they yeah. take it like the filmmakers themselves are like, look, there's a conspiracy theory. We're going to show you all the similarities, so we can hook you making you think it and then by the end we're going to reveal that it's it's bullshit it's bullshit yeah yeah even some of the people they interviewed were like like going off and they're like yeah but really not so much you know like they were actually they they could hear themselves and they were like yeah well probably not though (laughs) when i say it out loud yeah it sounds crazy like this guy was doing newsletters for years from his bunker. Then he's like, now the camera's in my face, and I know people are going to be listening to me. He's like, eh, maybe I'm wrong. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, yeah. This this documentary had a little snippet that's part of what I wanted to talk about. Sure. I just apologize to whoever I'm ripping off here, this guy that wrote an article for cracks.com about the rest of this theory. They kind of link together. So if you watch, if you watch the movie, there's a scene where Jack is waiting to interview for the position of caretaker. He's in the lobby reading a magazine. Do you remember this part? Yes. What the magazine is? I don't remember what the magazine is. Playgirl. Not Playboy, Playgirl. Okay. And it's a certain it's a real issue. It's like not fabricated for the movie. I can't remember which one it is. It's a January nineteen seventy eight issue of Playgirl. And if you zoom if you get that issue and you zoom in on the cover, it has a bunch of uh and this is uh you know, uh warning ahead of time, this gets into some weird dark territory, but here it is. There's a bunch of uh what the articles of the Playgirl is. So a, there's the obvious homosexual innuendo because it's Playgirl and a man's reading it. Yep. But there's, um, and this is, I'm not advocating this, but in the mindset of the day, homosexuality would go hand in hand with pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And there's a, it, there's a, one of the articles is uh, incest, why parents sleep with their children. That's an actual article on the magazine. And Kubrick being Kubrick, he'd, he was a perfectionist, left nothing to chance. So he would have chosen that as a purposefully as a why he's sitting there reading it for one of the things that i know about kubrick and i've heard uh from a lot of different sources is when he was filming a scene there was absolutely nothing in the background that was accidental right there were no like if if he was filming a scene and there was a cross in the background that was upside down he meant that cross to be upside down if if there was a picture on the wall that was turned slightly to the left or off center, it was done on purpose. There, like absolutely nothing in the shot was left to chance. Everything had a purpose, or if it didn't have a purpose, everything you know was the way he laid it out. So go ahead. That's that's one thing but, I know about Kubrick. No, that's exactly yeah, and that's and you would there was no real reason why. I mean, you can always say okay, this is the one thing he didn't pay attention to, but that's why would there be a Playgirl magazine at all? Somebody brought it into the set and said, yeah, have him read this. You think at, le- at the very least Jack Nicholson would be like, uh, Playgirl? Come on. Or, or, or why would a hotel have a Playboy even sitting right. in its lobby? It makes you wonder because Jack Nicholson, um, was he's the guy that he is, maybe he had some sort of running joke with the prop department. <laughs> this could be, that, yeah. You know, they put better homes and gardens on the table and he snuck in Playgirl <laughs> and decided he was going to... See if nobody's everybody's going to notice it, yeah. Right, but he was also pretty early in his career where I doubt he would have... I mean, who knows? Right. I, I don't know. I One thing I do know about Jack Nicholson at the time of that filming is, and you can go to YouTube and watch this, there's video of him preparing mentally preparing for the scene right before he knocks down the door with the axe and he's he hears johnny you know what i mean 
Right. There's there's a video of him going through his acting, you know, pregame, and it is intense. It is absolutely intense. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, like like Kubrick was like mentally torturing Shelley Duvall to get that performance yeah. out of her when she's walking up the stairs and all that. I mean, right to the point where she despised him, hated his. Yeah, oh yeah, she had breakdowns, but got a good scene out of her. Anyways, so assuming that this is purposeful, that the magazine was like a, a hint. The idea is that little little Professor X, Danny, is got his psychic powers. There's no haunted hotel. Like none of that stuff that's happening is because of ghosts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's all Danny because he's been sexually abused by his father. Yeah. Now the movie kind of gets into the fact that he was probably abused. Like that's almost overt on that one. They're talking about, well, you know, things happen and, you know, talking about they had a problem back they never spell it out but the heavy implication is that jack lost his temper and hurt danny at some point right this goes further and says he's probably sexually abused whichever way you look at it he was probably he probably did not like his father there's a scene in there where the dad tries to give him a hug and it's most awkward like the kid doesn't really want to hug him mm-hmm. stuff like that and uh so the fan theory is it goes it hits a lot of points like when in room 237 when jack goes in there and sees the beautiful woman that's danny's test if he kisses the woman which is as much as that little kid would know about sex he's failed the test because he's been unfaithful to the mom right so from then on the game's on he's going to do what he can to drive him nuts yeah and the the halloran the 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 caretaker guy or whatever the what was he the cook i can't remember yeah, but the other guy that recognizes that Danny had psychic powers. The, he has the shine. The, with the shine was uh, going to be a problem. So Danny, there's a scene where Danny's like frothing at the mouth, and you think it's just because he's like being reacting to the evil in the house. Mm-hmm. Be interpreted as he's simultaneously casting illusions for Jack and Jedi mind tricking Holloran to coming back, so Jack can take him out and kill him and get rid of a potential roadblock. Uh-huh. So it's kind of wicked. Like this is the birth of a psychopath, and then even the very end is Jack doesn't die when you think he dies, when he's frozen, but his mind's trapped in a complex illusion. That's why the picture's at the end with him, you know, Happy New Year 1929 or whatever the hell it was. Yep. Where it's him in the black and white picture. This is all things Danny's done to, A, punish his father and B, protect his mother because he actually does love the mother. Right. Well, and another scene is when she's shaky on the stairs with the baseball bat swinging it, she's holding the baseball bat in the middle. She's complete. She's a, you know, 100-pound woman jack's full psycho rage but she lives and she gets away and there's no explicable reason why it should happen that right except did for you, danny's screwing with his mind forcing him the, to do this and that did yeah. you read the book i did and this is no bearing on stephen king's actual book because stephen king's book is exactly what it sounds like right and it's, it's haunted, haunted hotel straight right up. and so the way stanley kubrick took it in a different direction it's almost left up to the viewer to come to those conclusions by themselves like you could take a room full of 20 people or take 20 people and have them individually watch it all separately and bring them together in a room and discuss it. And you're probably going to get 20 different theories about what the fuck was going on during the if, shining. If some people wouldn't even realize basically what they're supposed to, what they're even looking at, like let alone making your own theory for it. They'd be like, I'm not even sure what the hell I just watched. Right. I mean, you're going to have that level of viewer that is going to be like, this is too confusing to me. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm checking out those then you, people. Then you're going to have people that are going to watch it and see it as on the surface. This is about a haunted hotel. And there's a guy that's a writer that is also a caretaker of this hotel. And he just goes nuts and tries to kill his family. And then you have a level of people that go too deep and they think that it's about the moon landing and they think about it's all. (laughs) But then 
you know, what it's really about is left up to the viewer. But in reality, like you make a really good point. Like he has a whole conversation with the bartender that isn't there. I mean, the guy is a recovering alcoholic kind of thing. You know, he's he's an alcoholic and he's got a problem and he hallucinates a lot, which would be typical for somebody that is coming down off alcohol or those types of things. Or maybe he is psychotic, but there are a lot of things in that that don't make any sense on the first viewing or the second viewing or without discussing it. Cause I find that movies like that, you almost have to discuss it with another person in order to get ideas about it. Cause what the fuck is up with that picture at the end? Like what, what significance yes. that picture at the end when they zoom in on his face and it's him from the past, like what does that have to do with anything in that movie? With, without a fan theory, honestly, without some form of a fan theory, that picture it's nothing but a twist for the sake of a twist. It makes no sense. Right. Like, did he exist in this hotel before? Has he always existed? Is he the same guy that's living this hell over and over and over? You know, like, the, that it's movie is... All the ghosts living at the same... Why was If all the ghosts are together, is he a ghost? Why this period in particular? You know, st- shit like that. It doesn't make any sense without some kind of fan theory of but, some way, shape, or form. Right. And this, I feel like, and Kubrick films to some degree, I mean, there are some movies that are just on face value, like Full Metal Jacket is Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But you take a movie like um, 2001, A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. that, it, like, m- more than half of that movie has no dialogue. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's all left up to the viewer. Like, you, you're watching this, you tell me what you think. It's you know, not what's like... What's the What, you know... Yeah, that so... Going? Like Space a lot baby. of what a lot of what Kubrick does is that type of film film style where if you're not invested in what you're watching, you're not going to know what's going on. So it's I like, appreciate. I actually enjoy stuff like that. I do too. And what I'm getting at is The Shining is kind of like that top tier movie of fan theory type. You've got to be a fan, and you have to come up with your own theories, and it is forcing people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. to understand it because i'll tell you i i guarantee you, i watched it when i was a kid i didn't understand i didn't understand no. anything i remember I'm not sitting there. No, go ahead. no i was just saying i remember visual cues like the naked woman in the bathtub actually <laughs> turning out to be like some gross like dilapidated old body and at the end <laughs> at the end when uh he's frozen in the maze uh you yeah. know you, those types of things stand out to me but i had no idea i mean I remember being a kid watching that, not understanding that the bartender wasn't actually there. I thought the bartender was there, you know? Yeah, he's just hiding. He, why did he give him booze way earlier? It might, might have made him happy. What the hell? Right, right. So, you know, I just, I guess it's it's hit that style in that movie, especially is designed fan theory. Right, yep. No TV and no beer make Homer go crazy. <laughs> oh, the Simpsons. Yeah. Mm, you could never I, I actually, anything we ever talk about was going to have. I love reference uh, to it. I love that episode when he says that line and then goes all bonkers on the staircase. Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Kill. Yeah. Rising. Oh, I love it. That was one of my favorite episodes. That was a Halloween episode still. I think, right. I think, I guess to sum up fan theories for me in that vein is I think The Shining is required. It should be required viewing for any movie lover any story lover anybody that is interested in a story a good story that mm-hmm. needs to be unraveled it might be the proto if not the quintessential fan theory that's like my big words there that's my big words for the day 50 cent word that's right quintessential yeah 
Agreed. Everybody should pause the podcast and go watch The Shining. That's right. If you haven't already. And if you have, you need to go watch it again so then you can understand what we're talking about. Come back, give send us a message, tell us what you think the uh the guy in the dog suit and giving the blowjob is all about. <laughs> there's, there's gonna be an interview that I just don't feel comfortable trying to delve into. <laughs> um but it's even even the fight club doesn't even touch it for complexity. No. And Fight Club is, you know, it is what it is, but you know, I've also... heard fan about Fight Club. I'm like, you don't need fan for Fight Club. It is exactly what it seems to be, what it's purporting to be. So. Right. And the last five minutes of that movie, uh, you know, if that if the last five minutes doesn't sum up that movie for you, right? You you obviously didn't watch the whole thing, <laughs> or didn't you checked out way sooner? Was was when I heard that Marla was another part of his imagination. Yeah, so Tyler Durden and Marla are both figments of his imagination. Yeah, that's a good. Which doesn't because people react to Marla more than just right so screw anyway <laughs> let's talk about our fan theories i want to i, I want to go first to get mine out of the way because i feel like yours is going to be much more complex and robust than mine is from what you yeah. what you were talking about i'll 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 go with that but i doubt it but mine anyway. is very hinky mine is very um <laughs> like i said it came to me but it's not good anyways to me in a dream go i, I built it another movie I never... anyways so do you remember <laughs> Do you remember the TV show Small Wonder from the 80s? Yes. That That's was a genius, a genius kid, right? No, no, no. It was about a robot little girl. Okay. Not the one I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was a terrible, terrible sitcom. Went from 85 to 89. So I'll just give you a synopsis real quick. The story revolves around, this is Wikipedia, in case you can't tell, a robot named Vicky is an acronym for Voice Input Child Identification. This guy that worked at a place called United Robotronics built it. Skynet. What's that? Nothing. I was just, I was trying to throw a, a fan theory in there. Did you say Skynet? I did. Yeah, well, you're thinking about the same lines as I am. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Go. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to yeah, derail yeah. it. I just, as just, soon as I heard that, I was you like, got yeah. it. You hit the nail on the head. You got the wrong word, but you, you'll see where I'm coming from. Okay, go ahead. So, yes, this guy made this robot. He The whole premise was he brought it home pretended it was his daughter she kept screwing up but she would evolve like she learned how to be part of a family and it wouldn't run for four years so they kind of at one point they hand waved away the fact that the girl was growing up by saying he upgraded her and she, can, like that. can i take a time out real quick and just say how not plausible that is the fact that this guy brought home a little girl <laughs> i mean if you worked in a, a factory that created robots that were so lifelike that you could uh, he's definitely bringing home a hot chick just saying <laughs> no he loved his fit he had he was a good you know solid american family man he wasn't gonna make a robot sex life That's wrong but all family american men do not <laughs> okay. what i would do ever right ever uh, yeah sure okay uh, so he life. he got past the whole uh he he upgraded her in order to yeah. make her appear older they had nosy neighbors that he had to try to fool. But basically, <laughs> I bet he had nosy neighbors. Where did this girl come from? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, you have a 10-year-old, and yesterday you didn't. Were you keeping her in the basement? What's going on here? Just stop asking questions. Yes. So this is where I... <laughs> so yes, I googled Cyberdyne, because this is where I was going to formulate my fan theory with. Okay. So your Skynet thing went with it. And what did I come up with? I'll say this. First of all, if you look up Small Wonder, you'll see stills from it where the girl's wearing this like frilly little girl dress. It's got an apron, but it kind of kind of looks like a maid's dress. Oh, my God. A French maid's outfit on a little girl. Come on. No, 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 no. Not, not that bad. <laughs> Sexy at all. It's not a pedophile thing. I swear to God. At least it wasn't meant okay. to be. <laughs> you dirty <laughs> ruiner. <laughs> Anyways. 
<laughs> what's it gonna say next? It's gonna shoot that whole previous <laughs> right in the foot. But uh, there's this Japanese animation. <laughs> yeah, because nothing ever happens on a Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, there's this Japanese animation that I never heard of, but I I found it on the internet called Handmade May. Oh man. Oh uh, yeah. So Handmade May. Okay. Is a. Uh, this guy that works for a uh, robotics company is trying to develop artificial intelligence. Some, I'm reading the synopsis of it. Somebody sends him a tiny little robot named Mei, who's a maid. And Japanese animation being what it is, they fall in love. And she gets to be big size, like regular human size. And they fall in love, blah, 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 blah. He finds out that an anonymous person from Cyberdyne Corporation oh, sent it to him. And at the end, apparently at the end of the series, mysterious people, mysterious visitors are trying to help him enhance his artificial intelligence research. And the couple of mysterious visitors turn out to be related to Kazuya, is the hero's name, in the future. So somebody from Cyberdyne, somebody from the future, gave this little... And the maid, if you look at the still for this uh, handmade maid, the maid's wearing a dress that looks a lot like the dress that Vicky wears. Mm -hmm. So I'm tying this into the TV show uh the Sarah Connor uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles the Terminator TV show that was on for a couple of years because there is a character in that Cameron is the girl terminator that gets sent back to save John Connor from more terminator is and she kind what's that is she a maid well they kind of have a thing for each other she's uh Summer Glau you know Summer Glau yeah. yep yep yeah yes they they by the end of that series it, it got canceled never finished by the end of the series they have a thing for each other so my contention is that the dad created Vicky who got taken by Cyberdyne as not 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 Skynet, but Cyberdyne as a uh, prototype for AI, and sent it to this Kazu, but Kazu guy from this handmade May in a different form to grow up and inspire him to keep working on his artificial intelligence. C- Cyberdyne sent Vicky back. Skynet, sorry, Jesus, <laughs> not the most well formed. Skynet sent Vicky back to fall in love with this guy. So he would work <laughs> on artificial intelligence to make Skynet, and then that same Vicky. The model became Cameron and was sent back to John Connor. That's my fan theory. Boom. I will I will say, one, your fan theory is way better than mine. No, no, no. Mine no, it is. I couldn't, I couldn't even get it out. And two, a better one would be that they send him the little maid in order to terminate Sarah Connor. <laughs> and then, like, a second representative from Cyberdyne gets sent back in time and he finds the guy and says, listen, you have to ha- you have to stop having sex with our <laughs> It's <laughs> like sticky in there. In the future, we found this and we opened it up and it yeah. was nasty. Yeah, we downloaded her memory banks and uh, seriously, guy, <laughs> you've got to stop. It's like, you know, we're killer robots, but you're just sick, dude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is why we have to terminate your species. <laughs> yes, the entire reason Skynet hates humanity is because they opened up Adult Vicky found just decades of spunk build up. Yeah. Oh my god. This is disgusting. We have to kill humanity. <laughs> Were you trying to make robot babies? What was wrong with you? What did you think was going to happen? Oh, you're sick. Did you not know it was recording? Oh, he didn't know. <laughs> he knew. You mean I could have played that shit? Awesome. <laughs> well, you guys are working on some good stuff there in the future. And the guy yeah, was, was Japanese, so the whole you know panty vending machine thing comes into play again. Oh, Tokyo. Tokyo, another planet. All right. So yes, just a recap. I want to I want to nail this down. Okay. Vicky gets taken by Cyberdyne. They send him to this, and then Skynet finds the Vicky, uses it to send back to this Kazuya guy so he can enhance his artificial intelligence, which makes Cyberdyne. 
later on, Cyberdyne uses the same Vicky model to form Cameron doing the upgrades, as we have seen in the original show. The dad upgraded the girl to look older, so Cyberdyne can upgrade to look hot and use it to seduce John Connor. Bada bing. I'm probably missing some plot points from that Sarah Connor TV show. I'm sure, but that's my fan theory. I'm going with. And the beauty of fan theories is that even with details I know I'm missing, I can still work it around that somehow. I'm oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so that's mine. Yes. I'm proud of myself. It's in the internet now. It's it's a thing. Yeah. Um. So Little Wonders or Little Wonder. Small Wonder. Small small wonder, wonder. And Terminator connected. Yes. In fact, Small Wonder is the only reason why Terminator is a thing. <laughs> what year? 86 to 89, did you say? 85 to 89, I think. 85 to 89. So... Yeah. Right in that, uh, Terminator 2 came out in 91, so Terminator 1 came out in what, 83? Is that right? 80, 84? I should know that, but I can't. 83, 84, I would say, yeah. Oh, I'd say 84. At the, 83 seems too early to me. 84, 85, if I had to guess. Yeah, okay. So, you know, right there, right in the yeah, yeah. ballpark. Uh, my fan theory is not as good. And uh, now that I hear your fan theory, I probably should have spent more time thinking about mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you said legit, so I don't know. I'm so, like I said, I decided I was going to pick two things and try and connect them just through a couple of degrees of separation or whatever. And my fan theory is such: Paul from Mad About You, no, Burke from Aliens, oh, okay, is a clone from Paul from Mad About You. Is that the character's name? Yeah, he's he's Paul like. Paul Reiser. Shoemaker. Yeah, it's Paul Reiser is the actor's name, but the character's name in Mad About You is Paul something. I don't remember what his last name was. I don't remember that show. It wasn't Reiser. I like it, though. Already, I do. uh, So I got digging, and nobody has connected this before. However, there is a small, like, Easter egg joke in Mad About You referring to the alien universe. And it's more the cinematic universe in the sense that somebody asks Paul if he's seen the alien movies and he quickly like denies that it exists. He, <laughs> he like denies its existence. I haven't seen that. No, this is not a thing or something like that. But the, the other people that have kind of talked about this feel that that is because um, he dies. Spoiler alert. Burke dies in aliens mm. and he didn't want to acknowledge that. So anyway, what I, what I, I have absolutely zero evidence to connect the two universes other than the fact that um, it's the same person. <laughs> same actor. Same, same actor that plays both. And there's, I, I went down the road of there's no disqualifying. There's nothing disqualifying it. Well, if you remember our last podcast about the connected universes, this could mm-hmm. be a thing. The whole Tommy Westfall thing. I bet you anything you can connect aliens to St. Elsewhere. So. And we already know Mad About You's in there, so... That's right, somewhere, somehow. So I think due to their technology with Ripley being cloned in Alien Resurrection, I feel like Burke is a clone from Paul in Mad so About like You. Waylon Yutani was like, we need somebody who is an everyman, a good face for this corporation. Well, yeah, that's how you would... This guy living in New York in the late 90s. Charismatic, maybe... Charismatic. Didn't they do something? Oh, maybe his that. wife maybe. liked him a lot. She was, in fact, mad about him. <laughs> Didn't they do something with his sperm? Didn't they like? Oh, that might help my theory. So they cryogenically freeze his sperm. I have to look this up now. That could be our sub theme for this episode: sperm. We've we've been hitting that one a lot today. Ooh, perv corner, perv corner. We made it. We made it to perv corner safely. <laughs> we kind of started in perv corner with the whole dead porn star thing but <laughs> hold on you know, uh, okay you can go ahead and speak i'm i'm 
Okay, well, let's keep talking about jizz. Anyway. <laughs> it gets on everything. It's just a terrible thing. I once read a, they did a study that said that um, apparently ingesting it keeps you young. I'm not kidding. That it, mice, something, I don't know. They did the study. <laughs> of course they did it with mice and rats. Like yeah, they, you know, but uh, um, so ladies out there, forget your creams and your facelifts. You know what you need. And that's, and that's Perf Corner for today. Perf Corner, where we learn so much. We need a theme song. Um. So now I've I've added mad about you frozen sperm to my uh, to my Google search list here. Yeah, the government's watching. I hope they are. You're on a watch list. I think we all are. Oh, I've been on a watch list. I it's now it's a sport for me. <laughs> <laughs> my NSA handler is hating life. That's my goal. Whoever, whichever guy in the NSA is assigned to me, is gonna fucking wish he wasn't. I could swear there was an episode where they where they uh, did something trying to have a kid or something, and there was an episode of Spin City where. Michael J. Fox is the girl he was dating was psycho and she tried to steal his sperm. I remember that. Like she froze it. Did they have a kid on Mad About You at the end? I like I said, I I don't barely remember that one. I want to say yes, but I watched a few episodes here and there and then kind of didn't keep up with it. No, I'm I'm coming up with a lot of frozen sperm stuff. <laughs> Nothing about Mad About You. Anyway, that that theory might be dead. <clears throat> anyway, I focused more on trying to eliminate disqualifying stuff just so I could make it work. But the point was that I could take something harebrained, like Paul Reiser being the same person in two movies, eliminate the disqualifying evidence, and mm-hmm. make it my own theory. Okay. So so you went in one direction, and I went in another direction. Right. You went in the direction of, there's all this evidence that points to this, and I went to the direction of, there's no evidence <laughs> disqualifying it. There's nothing that says it couldn't happen, so it did. Exactly. And that's how fan theories exactly, yeah. They just steamroll. They right, yeah. If there's nothing in my way, I'm going to keep on going. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, do you think fan theories are? I would say good or bad, but like, is there a detriment? Like, fan theories can be fun, but is there a detriment to fan theories in um, general? I'd say that if you don't mind having things spoiled for you, then yeah. you should actively seek fan theories. Um, what well, I think I talked about it before, but the writers of Westworld have admitted that fan theories have spoiled a twist for their second right, season right. and have had to rewrite episodes in order to make things fresh again. Um, I, th- I think that if there's a place for them and it's certainly a lot of fun to come up with fan theories, if a fan theory gets legs and becomes like gospel and then you actually watch the episode and it doesn't pan out the way you thought it was going to in your imagination, I think that that might ruin things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have had to stay on the lookout for some fan theories in order to not spoil things for myself, like for the Aliens, the the new Covenant movie. I tried really hard to avoid fan theories simply because I didn't want to have it ruined for me when I went and saw it. Turns right. out that, that was a mistake because there were, there were things that I needed to see in order to make sense of some things in that movie. So... They're kind of, it's a hot mess right now where you can go to Reddit and basically type in anything that you enjoy and you're going to find a million people talking about it. Right. And if if any of those people are talking about something that doesn't fit your mold of what should be, could be, would be, you know, I think that it risks, you risk not enjoying enjoying something as much as you could because of fan theory. Good or bad, I think that they're good because they create a buzz. Like you and I sit around talking mm-hmm. about our own ty- theories or, you know, it really helps us a pass the time and B it helps us understand something a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be 
if we didn't sit around talking about Westworld as much as we did, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. I enjoyed talking about the episodes as much as I enjoyed watching the episodes. At least as much, exactly, yeah. So call that a fan theory, call it what you will. I think that there's a place for them, but they can be negative. Yeah, and I agree you? with you. Yeah, that's where I sit. Like, we've we've talked about this before from a from a creator standpoint when every if you think you're being clever everybody comes out of the woodwork with a theory about somebody's going to hit on the right one and you're going to feel like okay either i keep going with it and you know be not as impactful or i rework it but maybe become ridiculous in the process mm-hmm. like i think i think it was last week we talked about that those books i was reading where i'm convinced that because people guessed who one character was supposed to be the guy Robert Jordan so said, "Well, fuck you," and then changed his mind, and it became completely different. Mm-hmm. And the end result, not near as impactful as if you just stuck with. In my mind, I I've really, I truly believe that's what happened. Yeah, but I think that does definitely happen. And like you said, the Westworld thing, they had a, a, an idea for a twist or a surprise, and some fan theory hit on it, so they changed it. Well, who's to say that the new one is not going to be hit on? Like, how do you avoid it? So you just take a stand, and say, "This is my vision. This is my idea. This is what I want." And if you guess it, good for you. If you don't, fine. But this is what I'm going to put out, and I'm not going to let the great unwashed masses dictate what I'm going to create. Which is or, exactly what George Lucas railed against back when the internet was pretty pretty new yeah. with the whole Jar Jar thing. And that was, yeah. So, Or you can say, but I'm trying to put a product out there that I want people to like. So if people aren't liking this or people are exhausted, everything I thought of, maybe it's time for me to do the work to think of something else. Yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. Yeah. It's hard to say. In, 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 in general, fan theories are fun. They are. Like you said, a show like Westworld, you sit there every week, talk or Game of Thrones or something like that. You talk about not only just what you saw, but what you think is going to happen, what you think this means. That's at least as much fun as watching the episode itself. But at the same time, you've I've had things I talked about in a previous podcast, how I ruined the village. Not that the village was like the tour de force. <laughs> it was, right. I thought it was going to be anyways, but I ruined the twist for myself just by obsessively thinking about what this could, what the twist could be. Right. And I had hit on it. And when it happened, I was like, yep, I was right. And it lessened the impact. So you, you ruin it for yourself, but you also enhance it in the right situation. I don't know. Right. I yeah, think it's... from a creator standpoint, a lot of the people making the content hate the fan, the rabbit fan theories at the same time they depend on it because they need the buzz. So it's like a total like love, hate, parasite symbiote relationship right let's let's create something and get people talking but don't talk too much about it exactly yeah so yes yeah i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan of fan theories i have a theory about fan theories i'm a fan of theories of fan theories f theory that's the overarching designation i'm gonna call it sounds very important that way f theory yeah what's the f theory on this that's what we're gonna do when we're creating our tv show we're gonna walk into that creator's room the writer's room every day okay what's the f theory today give me the f theory that doesn't sound pretentious and buzzwordy at all <laughs> oh and and there's a i don't know it's just it there are different levels of fan theories for different types of things like like the shining you have to have those fan theories and then you take something like um tonight we went and saw despicable me three mm, yep uh which opened yesterday the theater was packed I mean, it was absolutely packed. It's going to be one of those things that just makes a trillion bazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And it, it was dumb. It was the, oh, yeah. the, the story. I mean, it was funny and it got laughs. But I mean, you, you're just not going to have fan theories for something like Despicable Me 3. That is <laughs> and not to say that there aren't those types of animated movies that aren't complex. I mean, take the fan theories for the Disney movies, the, you know, the connecting those four movies. Um, there, there are 
deep storylines that you can create theories about. But like we watched that movie today and I was closing my eyes. I was, I was there making sure my kids didn't stick a fork in the light socket. You know, (laughs) I, I wasn't there for me in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it was the type of thing that went exactly the way you thought it was going to. And there would be no point in having a theory about any of that shit. I mean, it's connected in some way, but so somebody that would come up with a fan theory about that, those are the obsessive weirdos. Like, yeah, why like, do you need a fan theory about something that obviously has it's superficial and meant to be superficial? Yes, exactly. Right. Like, they're, they're, it'd be pointless. You can, I guarantee, you can go and find fan theories on Despicable Me Three. However, <laughs> yeah, it it's ridiculous. So I mean, you're gonna find a fan theory about the freaking new Baywatch movie if you want to. I mean, that's the level we're at now, which right we says is a detriment as well as a attribute. Right. So you've got a, this huge spectrum of things that <clears throat> the shining on one side, despicable me three on the other in the middle, you have those types of things that, you know, could get ruined. If you talk about them could enhance the, you know, the, where does it fall on the spectrum? And <clears throat> I think that it's gotta be clever. I think to be good, it's gotta be clever. That's my thing. Yeah. And it's something that makes sense and is enhances your idea of what, what you're, what you're watching, what your idea of it is. Right. And I don't know. Are we typical fans? Do you do you think that we're hell no? We're super fans. Super fans. We're super no, wait, fans. That's not, that's not what I went to. No, super but, fans brings out the idea of obsessive assholes. Okay, maybe the, we are. Maybe we are super fans. We're <laughs> super fans. We're obsessive assholes about the things that we like. That's right. Everything else can get cast aside and fan theory all you want about certain things, but just no way around it. I'm going to talk about West season two of Westworld. I'm going to talk about uh, the next alien slash prometheus whatever the hybrid movie. in general i don't think we're super we're typical fans but we're definitely not alone you know people like us are in the millions probably yeah but the general hundreds of millions of movie going audiences that just watch a movie to watch a movie and walk away and probably forget about it yeah we're not typical yeah which is well good. yeah i i don't know it's like my wife does not obsess about theories of movies She's deeply affected by some of them. Like we watched um, the Discovery mm-hmm. together, which is a, that Netflix movie about the afterlife and stuff like that. That yeah. that kept her up for like two or three nights <laughs> thinking about Just it. Thinking about it, wow. Yeah, really? deep thoughts about it, and you know, because it it is. It's one of those things that. Yeah. But I was past it as soon as I had shut it off. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I watched it. I was like, interesting. Ultimately ridiculous. Going back to plot holes and stuff like that. Things that don't work or make sense. So. Yeah, I just was got called the good like five minutes after I watched it. Right, but she's also she doesn't watch things to get deep into them. I mean, she like Friends. This you that's a can that you can open and you can go as deep as you want. That's mm-hmm. you know you can you can think about the different theories or you can take it on face value that this is just a goofy sitcom. And she's in the she's on the end of the spectrum where that's just a goofy sitcom. It might be interesting to think about. Phoebe having a twin sister that was on Mad About You that is connected to another universe and it goes all the way back and all the like that I don't feel like that would interest her and I think that that is the majority of the people watching these TV shows and watching these movies is they they might know fan theories exist but they're not going to pay them any mind because it's not something that they want to waste their time on or think about oh my god I, I feel like I, I want to go through this briefly but I just I forgot about I feel like it falls in the categories Back to the Future Doc Brown, mm-hmm. the whole Doc Brown's a psychopath idea. Yeah, that that's one of those things that you say it and it sounds ridiculous, and then you start exploring the idea, and all of a sudden it's like, well, God, yes, he is. He's a psychopath. But this, this is like not 
Yeah, it's not a theory so much as like it's just a natural progression of the implications of what they've put in the movie already. So I'll I'll I did actually a ten minute speech on this once. Weirdly enough, in front of a room full of police officers, that's a whole different thing. But (laughs) I'm not even. I thought you were doing it in front of all of your sex bots. Well, they could be both. Yeah, but a bunch of ten year old sex bots are not going to understand this theory. See, I never said ten year olds. You said ten year olds. (laughs) That's on you. That's the dark mirror that you're putting up there. I don't know. I was I was well, you know, I've got a whole bunch of 10-year-old, you know, French-made costumed sex slaves <laughs> from the future. When we talked about Vicky, I did not say sex bot. I maybe it said sex bot when she was older. I, I don't think know. It's, I think it's implied that when a guy brings home a robot that's a little girl, he doesn't... <laughs> And he has to lie to his neighbors about it. I think it's implied that this guy is having sex with the sex with this little robot. Anyway, uh, so Doc Brown. Would that be illegal or not? God. Well, anyway, that... talk about psychopath. So, yeah, the idea is. <laughs> what are the legal implications of having sex with a 10-year-old robot? Yeah, a robot that looks like a 10-year-old. Anyway, it's probably like created porn. I don't know. You'd it's go okay. to jail. You'd just, there's... You should, at least. If you there don't, you should. There's a jail cell for you if you are. What are you in for? 10-year-old sex bot? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Doc Brown. No 10-year-olds anyway, involved. Doc Brown is a psychopath because? Because he would have had to. <laughs> so the idea is he goes back in time. Uh, Marty goes back in time. Does his whole spiel. Uh, Doc Brown is then left with the knowledge that in 19, from 1955, he's left with the knowledge that in 1985, there's this kid, Marty who's going to have to come back in time, it's going to happen. He's going to have to be there for Marty. So think about the world that Marty goes back to, where his parents are, his dad's a successful author, his parents are rich, his siblings are good, Biff's a slave, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not his world. We've talked about this time travel before. You can only go out in other universes. You can't change your future. So this holds up. Marty didn't change his future. He went to a different universe. Marty that we knew, the whose adventures we follow, went to a different universe because he changed time. And is taking the place of a different Marty, a genetically, for whatever reasons, identical Marty, like a clone, basically, but a different Marty, a Marty who's going to have grown up in this rich household, in this, you know, new universe where everything went his way. He's not going to have the same sensibilities, not even going to have the same memories as our Marty. And Doc Brown knows this. He's, and Doc Brown's smart. He's going to know this from back in 1955. He's going to work out the implication. Holy crap. The Marty that's going to arise from this world, he's going to, he would have had to stalk the McFly parents whose names escape me right now. I don't know why. Holy crap, that's terrible. Mom and dad. Uh, George and Lorraine. George and Lorraine. He's, he would have had to stalk them, A, to make sure they never break up so they can give birth to Marty. And then B, to befriend young Marty McFly so he can still influence this rich, probably snotty, you know, spoiled brat. He still needs to have the influence. So he stalked, maybe there is 10 years involved. Shit. So he did stalk. <laughs> He did stalk this kid, made sure he befriended him, and that he would be open to bring the camera to the mall parking lot and jumping in the DeLorean and, you know, mm-hmm. doing all the things his Marty, so that this kid could disappear and leave space for our Marty to slide into his life and take it over as a reward for doing good in the past. Yep. Doc set this up. The only way this works, otherwise we're having a continuing loop of marty's going back and forth and making new universes he probably rigged the delorean with explosives so that when his marty then when snooty rich kid marty went back boom kills him kills him and he probably had to do that over and over again and you know why he does all this because he loves marty to prove time travel is possible time travel, yeah but yeah so doc brown's a murdering second he probably killed multiple marty's oh yeah to make room for his own marty to get it right mm-hmm. 
How okay, many that didn't work start over. That didn't work start over. How many Martys did he have to kill in order to get the desired effect to prove the Time Stream is lousy with Marty skeletons just floating around. Did, uh, and, and, yeah. Flying them yeah. into the sun. <laughs> just whatever. He did he built a time machine without without a teleporting machine for one time. So he's flown off in space. He's asphyxiated. <laughs> Damn. It's a horror movie. That is. So yes, this is and I had to I had to talk about this because it's not so much a fan theory. It kind of is. It's just a natural implication of all the things that happened in that movie but look it up look up psycho doc brown it's fleshed out a lot more than i just said it's great i mm-hmm. love it that is good so yes ending on that note fan theories good good and bad and, bad. and horrific sometimes and very disturbing pedophilia ends apparently yeah wow we took it right to perv corner yeah as we do past go and collected 200 dollars, <laughs> which is the seed money for our sex bots oh sex bots hey you got a trivia question i do you want to go first do you want i want first for the thing do you want to go first this time sure all right uh to bring it back around to disney what disney princess has the highest kill count oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay i this has got to be like a almost like a trick question princess leia no no animated animated okay okay from the original like 51 i think they're up to 51 animated disney films feature films I, I like the implication where you said highest kill count not like which disney princess has killed <laughs> no no a lot of them killed apparently which one has the highest kill count uh which disney which princess in an animated body? feature film has the highest kill count racked up the most bodies like mulan Voorhees. yes like, uh, mulan Good yeah because she's like a soldier right slicing people up or something yeah. uh Technically, it's it's a little bit of a technicality. She fires a mortar into a the side of a mountain, and an avalanche decimates a two thousand person army. Only oh, six, okay. only six people survive, and then of those six, she kills one. So she's <laughs> her kill count's one thousand nine hundred ninety five. You know, if you think about it, maybe it would be Jasmine because she kind of supported her father's you know autocracy, and autocracy has never worked that well. So probably so, lots of citizens starved in the street because of her father's rule. Okay, so on screen kill count. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a fan theory for you. Jasmine yeah. is a horrible tyrant. That she is. I mean, Aladdin was a starving orphan, so I mean, there's probably a lot more where he yeah, came. He would have died under her father's yeah. rule. He was saved, but yeah, saved Mulan has the high technology kill count. All right, Mulan, you crazy psycho bitch. Yeah, well, she had to. You know, it was war. War is hell. <laughs> okay, so my trivia question, like I was telling you before. I don't know what it says about me, but I thought some bad things as soon as I read this. Oh, like my, I can't wait. The first that popped in my head. No, no, it's, it's more innocent than you would think. But just, I, I'm curious, what do you think? The, when I just say this question, the things that first thing that popped in your head. Okay. So, what kind of person shall not be honored on a U.S. postal stamp according to the U.S. Postal Service and the Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee? Once again, what kind of person shall not be honored on a U.S. postal stamp? Oh, what kind of person? So that doesn't include race. Because my mind went to some weird social issues. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. Because, you know, stamps have been around for a long time. Was this some kind of like crazy dark American racist thing? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there have been, I'm pretty sure, like, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong. There, there are some black people that have been on stage. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that that's not. And that certainly. Not, you can be racist without just speaking about black people specifically. So I don't know. Well, I'm, has, I'm just saying. Has that... there ever been a, a Eskimo? On a stamp, so like that's that can be, although the word Eskimo itself is apparently a slur. So right, that. right. I mean, you can't say anything anymore without it offending somebody. Oh, yeah, and that and that's a big generalization. But somebody somewhere 
could be offended by the word Eskimo. <laughs> Eskimo kisses, Eskimo A problems. lot of people somewhere. Eskimo pie. <laughs> um, type of person shall not be honored. Oh, man, this is a really good question. Because I could start throwing stuff against the wall just to see if it's right. Um, well, I know cartoon is out because the okay. Simpsons have been honored, which that actually got recalled. Do you know that? Really? Yeah, they did. They spent like millions of dollars licensing and putting out Simpsons stamps, and they had to recall all of them because of some error. I don't remember what it was. Also, oh, those are the ones that are worth a shit ton of money if you got a hold of it. Yeah, probably. But uh, let's see. Um, if you're talking social issues, then I would say no, no. Like, I, that's where my mind went. But it's not, right, like it, it would be. I almost think that there is some piece of shit committee out there that would be like, you can't honor a homosexual. I I can see that being like an archaic thought process that has just never been revisited. But again, in our time, I can't imagine that there wouldn't be some sort of parade that would raise awareness and all of a sudden that committee would be like, uh, yeah, would this is an old, this is an old law that we need to get rid yeah, of. We'll change so, a Nazi? <laughs> no, that wouldn't fall into this category. Not sadly enough. No. So they could put out a Nazi, a swastika. No, they couldn't. I know. I'm, I'm just saying that like, according to what you're saying right now is they could put a swastika on a stamp. And, well, cause it's not a person per se. So yes, but they couldn't they could not put a picture of a, a generic nazi i'll say that like they could put they could put hitler on a stamp if they wanted to according to this rule but they could not say generic nazi like just random douchebag on a stamp wait is nazi the right answer no oh i'm trying to give a oh, hint oh so you're saying no like i'm i'm thinking like a random person is that the type like it's a type of person like not like if i wanted elvis stamp it would work even though Elvis is a person, a, a specific person, and this is talking about a category of person, he falls. He does not fall into the category of person that could not be on a stamp. Ordinary citizen. I'll say, okay, I'll say this. He does not anymore fall into this category. Somebody alive? Ah, there it is. No living person shall be put on a stamp is what they say. Are you kidding? That's what they say, yeah. Wow, now I'm trying to think of... I know, right? Had been, but... But it, like, the, what I was saying was, you know, there are Nazis living now, not... Hitler or you know Goebbels or anything like that, but they're you know so they could be on a stamp. But you could say you could not have a picture of a douchebag with a Nazi haircut saying I'm a Nazi. Put it on a stamp. <laughs> Who is buying that stamp? That's what somebody I somebody would buy that stamp. Yeah, sadly enough, I gotta have that. I gotta have that. I'm a Nazi. Hi, I'm a Nazi. Little cartoon bubble, <laughs> word bubble. <laughs> buy my stamp. Oh, I can't. I I guess I have some Charlton Heston stamps. Indeed. Yeah, that seems like one of those things that there there are people that are out there watching. You would not be able to put out a stamp without having a group of people be like, nope, according to section five, paragraph six. <laughs> no, you would have somebody that would be like that, and they'd say, fuck you, and they make a stamp anyway, so that guy would go out and kill the person. Oh, right. So it would yeah. still be on you know, regulation. Or irony well, of ironies, he would send them anthrax. He would send them anthrax and use that stamp as the... Mail anthrax with his stamp on it. Yeah. Suck Universism. it! Wow, that's that is interesting. I did not know that. Save that one for trivia. That was on a website about bar trivia questions that you need to know. So there you go. Mm-hmm. When are we going to do that? We should do that. We should bar live. Trivia? We should live podcast from a trivia night. <laughs> a lot of swearing, motherfucker! I knew that one. God damn it! Hold on a second. I'm going to punch this guy. He stole that. From- well, technically, there's no. There, we could. Yeah, there's nothing that says you can't. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be live when we posted it. It would be live when we recorded it. Yeah, we yeah. would. We would. 
go to a bar, get on, hop on the Wi-Fi, record our episode while we were trivia nighting, then edit it and then put it out. I think we should do that. That should, should be that should be something that we do soon. There's just a few things I gotta do soon. God damn it! Like ser- about. like service your sex bot. <laughs> I said soon, not again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> service by cleaning. You gotta, ser- I mean, you gotta clean it because otherwise Skynet's gonna kill us all. That's yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we established that. Yeah, they get mad. Okay, <laughs> I, fan theories, trivia, anything else you want to talk about? I'm my well is dry, unlike my sex bot. Oh. Bada bing. Happy to report that we're getting um, really good reviews. Yeah. And our, not viewership, our listenership is growing. Our family is growing. So if you listen to this now, you're in on the ground floor for the most part. And congratulations. You can be the. If you're just listening now, if this is your first episode. If this is your first episode, then you need to go back and listen. You've missed. If you have been listening, then you are. You you are people, man. You can you can be at that dirty hipster that says you were there. You were there from you, from you knew us before. It was cool. <laughs> I think I think most of the people listening are people that knew us before. That <laughs> like, let's be frank. It's never going to be cool. But well, uh, maybe it's cool. Okay. Cool's in the attic. All right. You want to sign off? Let's sign off. I have a fan theory about signing off. Let's see if it comes out to fruition. Uh well, I am uh, Skynet Sexbot. There's saying. my fan theory. <laughs> did, you, did you know i was going to be skynet sex bot i knew you're going to make a a, a a reference to what we have talked about because you are very in and now whereas i'm still going to be bob scully because i am can't let go of the past there okay. we go i am uh kubrick sex bot saying kubrick sex bot. goodbye from the masters of profundication thank you for listening and i am bob scully saying clean me <laughs> All right, bye. Oh, shit. Haven't said that in a while. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back. Yeah, because I was too busy slapping the dimple balls. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye.